guys and gals, welcome to the Oxford Holy Club, a place where we ready ourselves to give an answer for the hope that's in us. We will also try to answer your questions, random questions from the interwebs, and have some fun too. So put some seatbelts on your ears because we're in for a wild ride. Well, hey, ladies and gentlemen, it's your host, Beard Man. And the bald eagle? <laughs> we didn't really hit that one. We didn't stick the landing, Lucas, like we used to. That one time, no, that was pretty sweet. I'm still, uh, I'm still getting used to it. Well, Lucas, we have uh, a guest with us today. It's you and me and a guest. How do you, how do you like that? I mean, I'm not, I'm not threatened whatsoever. Uh, I'm totally cool with it. I think this is going to be great. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, Kenny Wade, uh, longtime uh, friend, I think maybe a listener of the podcast. We'll see. We'll quiz him. Um, is yep. is with us today, Kenny? How you doing? I'm feeling fantastic and wish I was a little threatening, just a tiny bit. Oh, okay. <laughs> maybe adjust your gaze then. Yeah, maybe. Give him a threatening gaze. Now, yeah. uh, Lucas and Kenny have never met before. This is the first time we've put them in a virtual room together. And basically, that's the episode. We're going to see what happens. Um, Cage match. Cage match. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so buckle up. Um, now, Kenny, we're going to talk a little bit uh, later about this, but just for those of you that uh, maybe don't know who Kenny is, Kenny was on on uh, the Oxford Holy Club way back in October 2018, episode 16, entitled Icebreakers, Youth and Mission, and Wesley, and we talked about cats. I, re I remember a lot of conversation about cats and squirrels and, and things of that nature. Um, but Kenny is a is the church suite manager at Because International, and we're going to talk a little bit uh, about that later. All right, Kenny, did I ask you how you're doing? Yeah, you, you did, and I'm doing even better now than I was when you did ask the first time. Oh, uh, Lucas, how about you, buddy? How you doing? I uh, can't complain. Uh, you know, week's been busy at work or whatever, but uh, good times. All right. Well, gentlemen, uh, are you ready? Let's... Let's let's go, Lucas. Take us in. All right, we're starting off with a hypothetical today, uh, and this is one that um, it's not an official hypothetical, but it's one that uh, my wife and I were talking at one point, and it came up, and we got into a big disagreement over it. Um, and we're you know we're 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 on the on the better side of that now, but uh, <laughs> here it is. Um, we were talking about it was it went back to the whole like you know. Uh, 50, 50 duck size horses versus a giant duck battle scenario questions. Sure. And, and, and I just, I said, well, I was like, it's like talking about this. I said, what about how many house cats would it take to bring down a German shepherd? And she's like, I don't know, like five, 10. And I said, that is bonkers. Like no way five to 10 cats are bringing down a German shepherd. Uh, but you know what? I shouldn't sour your opinions. What are your opinions? How many, how many house cats would it take to bring down a German Shepherd? Uh, quick question. How trained are these house cats? And what kind of these training not, have they received? These would be standard, you know, fresh off the pound house cats. You know, nothing <laughs> nothing fancy, nothing, you know, no no special training, no skills. Well, yeah, I, garden variety tabby. I believe it. Is but it who, physical? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, just a clarifying question. Is it a physical takedown or is it just like a... Like a submissive look. No, or, or it a is look a, that, that, okay, physical. Not takedown. not a withering gaze. No, like a physical. How many would it take to conquer that dog? Yeah, like pack, bring it down. Yeah, yeah. What's the age of the dog? 
uh, in its prime. And the cats will be in their prime too, whatever the prime age for German Shepherds is and cats are. I have no idea. Okay. Have the cats groomed themselves yet this day? <laughs> mm, it'll be a mix. It'll be kind of a potpourri of, mix, of freshly cleaned and a little on the skeezy side. You'll get a bit And what's of their motivation for the takedown? This is important. Uh, this is like a they for some reason the dog and the cats know only one type of animal is walking out of this room alive. So they have to decide. It's I don't know why, but for some reason they're in it to win it. Can I just say that we're only we're under five minutes in, and I love this. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad. Well, there's just a lot of mental pictures and imagery that, that's happening here. The room mm-hmm. that you've described. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I was I was thinking more of like an open savanna, but neither neither species is really yeah are they, uh, indigenous are they, to an open. They, they savanna. Don't they're in a pool. There. I didn't mention that they're in a pool. They're in a pool, like a swimming pool. <laughs> is it got water in it? Does it not have water in it? No. That's let's let's too. say they're in like an empty swimming pool that will accommodate the size of cats, whatever size you number you think it is. It'll accommodate that yeah. many cats and a dog comfortably. Okay. Okay, and and they're average size animals. In their prime. Yeah, we're not getting any like weirdo, like one-off weirdo animals. Just standard. If you saw any this dog or any of these cats, you'd be like, "Yeah, that's a cat. Yeah, oh, that's a dog." Okay, now yes. I do have a. I know we're asking a lot of questions, and that's okay. We got to know. But that's okay. uh, so in Nova Scotia, it is mm-hmm. illegal to uh, to clip the claws. I was just gonna say these are all clawed cats and clawed oh, yeah. dogs. Yeah, yeah, full, yeah, I'm assuming. Okay, as I'm nature assuming. intended. So just yeah. just your standard <laughs> issue. So normal. They're, they're not just like. Paw swatting them to death. No, it's like they got the claws. They got the the, the equipment. Okay. Okay. Yep. Well, I'm. I, I think I'm ready to make a prediction. Okay. What number do you think Please, it would Kenny, take? Go. Well, it's more of a spectrum. I think as few That's as fine. three, and maybe as many as twenty-five. Three to twenty-five. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Motivations. Motivations are important. Mm-hmm. I I've kind of worked it out in my head that I'm looking at. Um, you know, if it's just a couple of cats, the dog's going to be able to easily move around and, and take those cats down. Mm-hmm. Like one cat on it, it's not going to be a big deal. If cat's on its nope. tail, they can they can deal with that while it, you know, takes care of the prime cat. Although I wonder, do you think cats are kind of like raptors where it, when it's dealing, it sees one, it doesn't recognize the other two whoosh, coming in from the sides? Well, the question is, yeah, I don't think... Cats are like notorious pack hunters, so that that wouldn't be a strength of theirs. Okay, I mean, true, maybe they'll true, figure it out. True, true. But that's going to take them a couple. They're going to have to go through a few cats before they really get their act together. I would imagine. So here's here's what I'm thinking. I, yeah. I've kind of segmented the dog into the. You know how like when you go into a butcher, they have like the cow all segmented into the different cuts of meat, tenderloin, right, yeah, brisket, I'm, and so forth. Wow. For right this or wrong, for the dog, I'm envisioning the dog like that right now. Okay. And, and so we're going to, we're going to put cats in, in key areas of the dog to subdue it. And then, uh, and then the prime cat to, uh, to come in for the jugular. So if I was to break the dog up into, you know, obviously we got to get the legs. So you're going to divide and conquer is what you're going to say. We're going to divide and conquer. I'm not a hundred percent sure, Lucas, what I was looking at there. I drew a stick dog and put circles in various parts of the dog, you know, like you're okay. planning it out. Thank you. Yeah. That helps. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> not a graphic artist is, nope. our, is our Lucas candy. <laughs> no. So, okay. Cats on the legs. That's a given. You've got to have cats on the legs. I'm actually thinking mm-hmm. cats on the ears. 
Um, get sensitive that, spot. Sensitive spot. Mm. So we got one, two, three, four, five, six. Got to have at least two cats on the tail. Uh, so we're up to we up to eight now. Cats on the tail, mm-hmm. and I mean, you get two cats on the belly, real clawed in, good. You know, just mm-hmm. going at the side here. This is a graphic picture we're drawing. Yeah, this is this is getting <laughs> we're, really. We're gory. taking a, a dark, we're we're gonna get the uh, the E rating here on uh, podcast. Yeah, and, and <laughs> For then everyone I, or oh, yeah, no. explicit. Okay. Then, then oh, I, oh, oh, okay. Then I think. Then I think. Um, then you send in Captimus Prime and <laughs> and then bam, straight for the jugular. Is he Autobot? <laughs> Maybe. I need I need the number. It's I need the de- number from you. Decepticons. Spe- spectrum's okay. <laughs> I will accept a spectrum a spe- of numbers. Oh oh, is there a right answer? <laughs> yeah, I've been doing some experimentation in the backyard, uh, and I have the exact number that it takes. Okay, it will surprise you. <laughs> one, I have a new prediction. One He-Man battle cat. That's done. <laughs> Regular tabby. I cannot stress that enough. Cringer. Uh, cringe. One. Yeah. Uh, I. I'm sorry, Lucas. I'm not falling on a spectrum. I'm going for the definitive. One, two, three, four, five, six, uh, seven, eight, Crunch nine, the numbers. ten, and then uh, eleven. Uh, eleven cats. I'm so, so. If you wanted my spectrum, it's <laughs> ten to eleven. <laughs> 10, to 11. ten to eleven. That's, 10. A, that's 5. a skinny, skinny spectrum. Uh, but I, so I think, ten, ten and a kitten is what you need. T- well, no, ten and then the big one, then the big okay. gun. You know, but, what? I think that's more right though than anything because one cat is going to need to distract that dog by being the chew toy, and that cat's not making it out of this. The no. other cats may survive, so it might be ten or ten and a half. Do you th- do you think the cats draw something to see which one it's going to be? Draw, draw claws, draw, draw hairballs, some, some kind of a system. <laughs> uh, I just cleaned three of those off my stairs yesterday. <laughs> okay, well, I, I'll tell you what. I have not been doing uh, experiments, but my talk so to the, us. Melissa told me this, so Melissa will be right in your guys' range. She said like ten, and I thought she was just crazy because I said she's like, "Well, how many do you think it would take?" And I said, "Oh, I think at least like seventy-five to a hundred to bring it down." Oh my goodness! Uh, yeah, I think so. I think they're just gonna have like here because here's the thing: one cat against a dog is no problem. Obviously, like we we know that. Well, but here's the thing: like a cat can like you ever seen a cat like swipe and like keep a dog like scared? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they have that advantage, yeah. and and I no one can take that from them, and nor am I trying to. Uh, they're tough in their own way, but that's but that's not a like <laughs> life and death scenario. That's just like a curious dumb dog. If it's like battle time, I think that thing is going to really. This is like German shepherds are the thing they train to like bring down humans uh and i think humans were we can talk about cats versus a human at another time but uh but i think it would take quite a few because the problem is like their teeth are so small and their claws are so small it's gonna hurt like don't get me wrong this is not gonna be a fun day for this dog uh but i think it's gonna take a lot of them to bring it down and they're gonna go through a lot of cats before they finally it's basically gonna have to go to like it's too tired to like stand up and fall over and then they can like Gnaw away at him or something. I guess. Oh yeah, I, I can know. see the wear down. Yeah, I'm. Watching, I mean, we'll we'll have to put up some kind of a, a poll for our yes. listeners and see what they think if we don't get banned for such a poll. I'm watching Kenny's face just to see uh, of the spectrum of where he's at with this. Like, <laughs> did I really give up? I left supper with my family early to come and talk <laughs> about this. No, I, I I'm watching a, a a YouTube video of a German uh, shepherd <laughs> puppy be harassed by one single cat. 
Oh yeah. Thinking that three may be a more realistic number for an adult <laughs> German shepherd. Shoot. Because the, there were research. two German shepherd puppies and they couldn't handle the one cat. Kenny's doing research. Just doing some research, guys. Well, yeah. I mean, it's the same difference of like how many cats could I take on versus an infant. It's going to be, you know what I mean? Like it's, you got to allow for the scale. Is it dark or is it light? That's a, that's a big difference maker oh, that's a good that's a good question. Yeah. Uh, we'll say dusk. <laughs> the magic hour. <laughs> <laughs> Get those demon eyes going. <laughs> yeah, freak them all out. <laughs> so, all right. Well, we'll we'll turn it over to the listeners, and you know, it, are are you guys with you know uh, Kenny and Brad, and you think it's definitely less than two dozen, or uh, or just a pocket full of cats, like not that many at all, <laughs> or do you think it's me that it is a legion of felines to bring down a German Shepherd? <sighs> well, get on out there and give us your answers, meow. <laughs> Oh, no. So let's continue with the dumb questions. So, I mean, sorry, Lucas, let's continue with the questions. And um, this one comes off of Yahoo Answers. And Kenny, if you remember, we've, we've, we pull some of these off of the internet to see what some, what people are asking out there. What, you know, because we can come up with the hypotheticals, what we think is entertaining, but these are the hard hitting questions that the world is asking and they've taken to Yahoo to, to do so. So great. Now, I'm I'm actually hoping that you will have some some information. I'm not sure why I thought you might. Maybe because of the Spartan fitness and I just equate tanks and Spartans together. But anyway, here we go. The question is this. Um, yeah. When I get to tank school, will I get my own tank or do I have to graduate first? So it sounds to me like this person's in the military. I don't think tank school, at least, see... Uh, listener, you may not know this, but Kenny lives in the United States in Idaho. Uh, so we have with us an international man of mystery. And I'm, I'm wondering, because I don't know of any tank schools in Canada. Lucas, do you? Uh, yeah, actually, there's one in Oromocto. Well, there you go. Okay. Well. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> Are they called tank schools, guys? At like, Am I the one that was crazy uh, with this question? I'm, I'm sure there's a fancy... T- name for it, but I'm sure they call it, you know, dang, I'm sure it's like, you know, uh, Tanktacular Academy of, you know, Destructive Arts or something like that, but I'm I, sure the cool kids just call it Tank School. Uh, do they have quote-unquote Tank School in the U.S.? In the U.S., Kenny? Well, I'm sure there's people that get trained for something. I'm just, the, the question's boggling to me because like, what other schools did they go to where they ended the school and they got something out? Like, you get a piece of paper. I didn't go to, like, driver's education school and they gave me a car when I got done. Why would you get a tank when you did <laughs> tank school? I don't understand the question. I, I don't um, understand the, the But I was trying to think, like, I think there are some programs that you can go into, like maybe um, a creative arts degree where like you get a, you know, you get a laptop that you work on and, you know, it can be, it becomes yours at the end kind of thing. I think it might like be- Compu College? Is that what Compu College does? Well, there's a, a couple of those like for-profit schools that they would lure you in with like a free Dell or whatever. Did you just uh, air quotes for-profit schools? Lucas, all schools are for-profit. At least, oh, sorry, they're for-profit, uh, but they uh, <laughs> they you know some are better than others. Uh, when you graduate, you're gonna have a four-year-old Chromebook, and it's gonna be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, that just hit home for way too many of us about our devices. <laughs> that's how old all my computers are. <laughs> yep. Okay, so is it? Is this not a thing? I could have swore there were programs out there that you actually would get something as part of it, and then when you were done, it went with you. Yes, I agree, Kenny. It would be old, um, but 
but then I can't think of any examples either. But it was computer based were my examples. I, I'm sure there's like you know painting schools that you get the brushes when you're done or whatever. You're so right. then, so what do you think, guys? Do you think this guy's going to get a tank when he graduates? Now, I don't. Uh, I think like, he's going to be are, in a tank. Yeah, but not get a tank. Okay. Um. So Yahoo answer. Nope. Yahoo user Russell says, probably get your own tank first. So this person's thinking that this guy should get a tank even before school. You know, a little, little practice. Well, you know, we do it with our kids, right? We take them out on, on, you know, the back road somewhere or a field and say, okay, we're going to, you're going to, you're going to learn how to drive. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have we, have, I've done that. Kenny, have you been able to do that with your kids? Yeah. But I, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah I mean, we did it in a big parking lot. When I learned to drive manual, it was on a one ton truck in an open field with only one pole. I managed to back into it. He didn't give me the truck afterwards. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Okay. Sure. So you picture this guy like fun. sitting on sitting on some sergeant's knee and steering, like I'm doing it, I'm doing it, I'm driving the tank. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's what I I'm actually, envisioning. I I this, this is true. I actually know someone that did go to tank school, like or whatever it's actually called, but he was in the US military and he was assigned to tank training and he did drive a tank overseas in the Middle East as a part of the U.S. forces. Wow. What fright? Yeah, what frightens me, though, is that they trained that guy that I knew to do that and then put him in a tank where they could blow stuff up. And they thought the guy. training him to do that was a good idea. Yeah, you knew the guy, and you're like, is this really the best? This <laughs> right. is really? Yeah, I mean, he, he, he's a great guy, but he's a guy in college that would like paint his face like the crow and then sit out in front of our dorm, and as we would walk up, he would just stare at you. Uh, Kenny, you're saying that as though we all have people in our lives that are like that. That I, I don't recall this guy anybody. Like a one-off. This sounds like a one-off. I don't have anyone in my life that painted yeah. and waited for me. I think all for-profit colleges have someone like that because that's where I'm at mine. <laughs> that's where I'm at mine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's you, right. got a, you got the Chromebook to prove it. That's um, right. Uh, now. This is actually what I'm hoping you can help me with because uh, a user posted um, that they were in the uh, they were in, on on active duty in the infantry um, for four years, and so they say so I'd know a little about this. And since in the infantry you're either a rifleman or a mortarman, I had to wait till one station unit training to be issued my first set of hands. Hope that helps. It didn't help me because no amount of Google searching helped me figure out what set of hands are other than what are attached to my arms. <laughs> right, right. Do you have any idea what that means? Yeah, they, yeah, they, uh, I, I do. I, I think it's a really ironic statement. Do you want me to share what I think it is? Well, can we continue to not have the explicit tag? <laughs> I think we're safe. Okay, go maybe, ahead. Maybe, I, and, and 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 maybe you're you're tracking with me. But I read that and went, oh, this guy's making a pun. Uh, he's kind of thick in the head, like he's kind of dumb, and okay. so they had to give him his own hands so he could actually use the training that they trained him for. Which is oh. saying again that the people that are being maybe train for these things or maybe people that we don't want to have explosives in their civilian life. Don't give them a tank. Okay. Yep. <sighs> I know. I still remember I had a teacher in grade seven, maybe eight. 
And she she became a teacher. Like she had just like basically retired from the military or whatever. Not retired. Like she was quite young, so she got out or whatever. And she was she was in you know was she Tank Academy. And uh, no, <laughs> she told us not to t- not to rat her out. Uh, anyway, she said that when she was on like doing her tank training and stuff like that. They were, it was like early morning and they were getting ready to do some stuff and she was the spotter or, and, uh, she's, and they're, they're looking at the target and they're getting ready, like ready, set and whatever the command words are. And then at the last second she saw a deer out at the range, like, you know, nibbling away at some grass. She's like, wait. And then they fired and the deer was gone. No. Oh, deer. Oh, missed. Wow. So there you go. A little fun, a uh, little fun Shut story. Silence. Animals have not fared well in this podcast. I'm, I'm they really haven't. No. Uh, so we still haven't really answered this poor guy's question. Having said that, this kind of comes back to the, you know the root issue here is this is the person this person's asking this question on Yahoo Answers about should they get their own tank or will they get their own tank upon graduation? Perhaps they shouldn't enlist. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing more awkward than showing up at tank school and you brought your own tank and then they already have one for you. Now you have two tanks. What are you going to do? Or everyone's like, hey, sweet tank. And you're like, Where, where's your tank, buddy? And you're like, oh, I didn't bring one. Like, ooh, that's awkward. Rookie move. Didn't bring your own tank. Now you look like the dummy. Like, you know, either way, a lot of chance to be embarrassed on your first day of tank school. I mean, that's everyone's worst nightmare. Right. Well- no, I'm sorry. I was just trying. I, I was just taken away by your story, and you're right. You're right. This is a no-win situation for for this Yahoo Answers person. I mean, desperate times call for desperate Yahoo Answers. <laughs> a lot to chew on there. I'm yeah, still molding it over. I really don't think you're going to get a tank upon graduation, and if you can afford a tank before going to tank school, yeah, you might not need to go to tank school. You might not need to go to tank school. What can you please tell us what you're doing? Because that would be awesome. And do they have hands? <laughs> and do they have because, hands? Yeah, because they didn't go to tank school, so they can't have hands yet. Yep, that's right. You don't get your hands until after you graduate. If I understand what that means. All right. All right, all right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for the not a sponsor part of the show, the part of the show where we highlight a product that we feel does it better than anybody else but won't support us financially. I'm bringing you another Microsoft product. Microsoft is hitting it out of the park for me these days. And as someone who doesn't care about sports in any way, shape, or form, uh, I don't get the reference I just made. But what I do get is the Xbox Elite Wireless Controller. It's the world's most advanced controller. Now let's talk about this thing. It is amazing. It has improved performance and fit. There's actually some weight to this controller. It feels like an elite experience. You can swap out the D-pad. You can swap out um, the thumbsticks, the different ones that meet your need. It has interchangeable paddles on the back. That's right. This controller has extra buttons on the back that you can map. So if you like to keep your right thumb on that stick and not off pressing buttons, then map those buttons to the back paddles. And look at that. You can jump and turn at the same time. It's amazing. It has hair lock triggers, limitless customization in the app, and it's designed for performance people. And in my opinion, nobody does it better at getting me an excellent Elite Controller experience than the Xbox Elite Wireless Controller. Not a sponsor. Well, welcome back, listeners. We're going to continue to move through the episode, and we're not doing um, a question during this time other than to question our guest, Kenny. 
Now, Kenny, I, I had so many questions I wanted to ask you before we hit record, and I had to like bite my lip to not to ask because you're a busy man. You are all over the place, all over the world. I We just saw each other a couple of weeks ago in Phoenix. That seems to be our destination spot uh, where, where Kenny and I just reconnect and... Um, you jet setting Nazarenes, I'm telling you. Wow, it's what a what a it's life, hot. what it's a hot. life. Yep, that's why we go there. Oh my word, it was it was 28 degrees, and I was cruising down the the strip in my denim, just looking. <laughs> yeah, you were looking fly. Uh, so Kenny, uh, we're really <laughs> really looking to you now to kind of talk to us. You now, as I mentioned in the intro. Um, Oh, excuse me. You're now the church suite manager at Because International. And and up until uh, we talked in Phoenix, I didn't really know much about Because International. And and so I'm excited uh, for you to share a bit of your journey, if you would like, and kind of what Because International is. And and uh, we'll, we'll pop in with some questions here and there. So, Kenny. Yeah. What's up with you? Yeah, so I mean, the, the last time I was on the show, which it is such a great pleasure to be on here. I love it. Oh, thanks, um, you guys are you. just, you're, you're just fine. But in October, I was youth admission coordinator, and now I'm church suite manager. Um, uh, as it turns out, I found out that, that which comes first, a coordinator, a manager, like which one oversees one? I don't know. I don't know if I made a parallel move. Or like a, or or it's a demotion, or I have no idea what happened. But I enjoyed both roles very much, and the youth and mission one kind of came to an end for me uh, in February. And in the process of that ending, I'd been hanging around. I'd been bumming office space at the Because International uh, offices where I live here in Nampa, Idaho, the great metropolis. Of what what? Idaho. Woo! Yeah. And uh, if you need sugar beets, we got them. I really um, thought it was going to be potatoes. I know. We export more sugar beets than potatoes from Idaho. Truth. Just saying. Uh, didn't know that was a thing, but carry on. <laughs> yep. Thank you, Lucas. So um, I was bumming off a space, working on youth and mission stuff from them. And then when the conversation was kind of coming up where I was going to need to find new employment post-February, I just I went to the Because founder, Kenton Lee, and just said, hey, you guys – uh, are a pretty young organization and, and, and pretty young here in, in your office with employees and stuff, but you guys are doing amazing, creative, innovative, practical, compassion type things. And I'm going to be looking for a job soon. I don't even know if you're looking to hire somebody and they were looking to create this church suite manager, um, position. Uh, so I just kind of stumbled into that conversation and then tried a, a project out with them. And I really liked working with them and they really liked working with me interviewed and they hired me. Um, I started doing a little bit of work during the week um, in January, February, and then really kicked it off uh, March 1st. Um, but my, my role with them is basically kind of church relations because international is, is not a religious nonprofit. Um, my background is all in ministry and mission yeah. and being a pastor and missionary. Um, <clears throat> so they have a lot of churches that use their vacation Bible school, school curriculum uh, and raise support for because and their products. 
Um, and, and we've just created a youth ministry curriculum called Shoebox. Um, and the idea behind both the VBS and the Shoebox, and these are two programs that I mainly oversee in my church suite manager role. Um, but the idea is that the, uh, the kids ministry or the children's ministry of a church is going to partner with because and highlight them as their cause that they uh, want to point to. And they raise funds for that while they use the curriculum. Um, and then uh, with the shoebox, with the youth ministry curriculum, 50% of the funds that they raise are granted back to the youth ministry to then use that to partner with the local organization where they live to engage mm. the mission of God and for practical compassion. So there's a lot of things that I was doing with youth and mission that have really translated into my role. And it's a part-time role with because um, <clears throat> it's not a, it's not a, a full-time gig. Maybe, maybe down the road, we'll, we'll see. Sure. We'll see how it works out. If they, if they like me, want to keep me around in the office. I'm the oldest employee at 42 years old and being led by millennials and loving it. That, now I have so, a, I have a question for you, Kenny. If you don't done. mind. No, well, no, you need to go much longer than that. <laughs> okay. Well, we can. Um, I have a question. You um, yeah. You you mentioned that it's a it's a non religious nonprofit, but they yeah. de but they're developing VBS, which is religious in in its very yeah. nature. How does that happen? So so my yeah my question is how did because international identify that connecting with the church was the way to go or, or there's I'm sure there's other avenues and, and things that they go with but um, yeah. when how does a non-religious organization start developing these? Well, I mean the, the very first product that was created um, was the shoe that grows. And as Kent Lee, the founder, so because it's 10 years old, we're, we're cele celebrating the 10th anniversary of Because in, in April. Happy anniversary. Um, yeah, I know. It's, I'm so new to the organization, but it feels so wonderful. Um, <laughs> as, as Kenton, it took years to develop this shoe that grows from this experience that he had of living in Kenya for six months and seeing shoes as a need so the kids could go, be able to go to school and have an education. And then going through prototypes of the shoe and finally getting something that was marketable that people would want to buy and then take with them on short-term trips. So there, there's groups that go on a mission trip or on a service trip or organization's trip to a country. They're buying the shoe that grows. They're taking it on these trips. They're coming back and they're telling, you know, they've, been, they've told the churches that they're a part about it if they're part of a church. And then churches started going, oh, well, we're going to do a vacation Bible school. And we want to raise support for something. And we heard about the shoe that grows things. And so we're going to raise support for that and send it to Because International. And then as that continued to happen, Because went, oh, I wonder how we could support these Vacation Bible School folks um, with their fundraising support. Like, what could we do to help resource them? And would a curriculum that would go along with the shoe that grows um, specifically uh, for kids in vacation Bible school, would that be helpful? And, and as they kind of asked those questions, children's workers were saying yes. And so I think this is the fourth year now that they've had a vacation Bible school um, curriculum that they've been using. And we just, we just revamped that. Okay. That's how it happened. Well, so you, you referenced the shoe that grows, and I'd love to hear more. I mean, I, I looked to see what it was. I'd, I'd heard a little bit about it. 
uh, when we were in Phoenix and then, uh, and then checked it out here in, in more detail. But, um, it, as you were talking, this just kind of struck me about the connection and how they connected with the church because the churches were like uh, an obvious avenue for compassion. Um, mm-hmm. You used to, when, in your role with Youth and Mission, you would work with what were called compassion centers. Is that right? Is that right? And still do and as st- a volunteer. And still do. So it just kind of struck me when you were talking, I'm like, shouldn't every local church be a compassion center? Shouldn't. This yeah. is just, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's, that's a conversation for another time, but it just kind of struck me as you were talking, like, huh, we should, anyway, uh, I digress. So talk, I, that's a whole different podcast. That's a, yeah. <laughs> Lucas, you'll, you'll, you're, you're stroking your, your goatee as though you have something to say. As if in thought. Um, <laughs> no, it's funny, Brad, because I had the exact same thought you did. Cause I had like, like non-religious, non-profit church curriculum, question mark in my little notes. But that, that you know, obviously that was just answered. But I think it's, I also think it's interesting because um, a lot of churches are going out and they want to support other, you know, faith-based uh, missions and work, which is, which is good. And that's a great thing. But I think it's really important for us to uh, reach out and to connect with, uh, you know, like not faith-based organizations because, it's, you know, like I said, it's great to support those ones that are, but it's also great to support the ones that aren't and to really broaden our networks and to, you know, and it basically if you see something that's good and that you want to, you know, throw your support behind, and especially something that's helping people all over the world, I think that's so, uh, so, so valuable. I know that um, just like a local example, uh, my church decided that uh, like Fredericton, uh, the city I live in, um, there's like a, a, a housing shortage and, and they're, they're, they're building these like tiny homes for, for homeless people. And there's yeah. all kinds of reasons why they're doing this um, because, you know, this first step towards kind of freedom is getting an address so you can start getting benefits and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. So, and they're building them. And so we, as a congregation, raise money for that. And and just gave it to the city and said like, hey, we're we're giving this money to put towards. We raised enough for two tiny homes, which is really exciting. That's but cool. and you know there was some pushback like, well, that's a lot of money that could have gone to this charity or that charity. And we said, yeah, we get that. But you know, Jesus didn't just help people who you know work you know, we're in his kind of circles, you know, he helped everybody. And I think that's important that we need to get out of our own circles. And I think that's a, I think it's really cool that, that not only is our, you know, churches partnering with because, but because like you said, they, they showed the love back and they're like, Hey, let's help you with these things. And, and, and it's, it's just really cool to see when that, when that can happen as well as it does. And it sounds like, and and correct me if I'm wrong, Kenny, but it sounds like because is, is really they're they're helping the you know they identify the poverty and the shoes thing and I don't, I want to talk to you about the shoe thing but and then in yep. in reaching out and getting people to to help and raise funds and do all that then they're turning some of that around and going now we want to we want to assist you at, at where you're at as well so yes we're we're reaching out across you know across international waters and all that but we're also going to you know work with you to see how we how can we help you am I am I right in that yeah that's that's it's it's a come alongside the the churches that are looking for that, and so as the church suite manager, I'm um, I'm available to any of the clientele. I don't know if clientele is the right word. To any of the folks that are partnering with because sure, 
um, that, that want to go, that are looking for resources. And every children's worker and youth worker that I've ever been around is always looking for a resource to use with their ministry. Yeah. You know, a curriculum or a series or videos or, or whatever. And, and so we just saw a niche there to provide um, m- maybe some helpful, maybe even innovative curriculum alongside innovative products that are all pointing towards trying to combat poverty and just make, you know, I, I love the, the, the imagery of the, and the reality of the, the tiny house. Um, it's a small thing that can help really make a big difference. And, and um, I think it was Kenton in, in one of the videos that I've watched with, with because where he talks about just, you know, if, if I put my finger on the scale of poverty, it doesn't really do a whole lot to move the massiveness of what poverty is. But if you put your finger on there and somebody else does and we invite other people and we start doing that together, we start shifting the load and we start making a difference. Um, and so uh, one of the things I really appreciate about Because is that emphasis of the power of small things, hmm. um, but that we collectively do those things together. And, and I don't, the church does not have a corner on the market of compassion. And I think all churches should be compassion centers. And hopefully they are in, in some way. We yeah. find those niches and those needs in our, in our communities. Um, but I think the story of the Good Samaritan is a pretty good example of Jesus just saying, you know, the religious folks are not the ones that you necessarily think have the corner on the market of compassion. Sure. It comes from places that you wouldn't normally see. And and, and frankly, it's refreshing to me to, um, to not just be in a Nazarene church-specific conversation. I enjoy that yep. very much. This, this is my tribe. But... Um, a broader church conversation. I talked to a pastor at the greater Exodus Baptist church in Philadelphia a couple of weeks ago, and they found because on the internet and wanted to know more about it and how they could be a part. I was like, That's I would have never had this conversation in, in my other roles. And, and now I get to, but then organizations, they don't want anything to do with necessarily specific religious leaning. See, because as a place where they can partner and it's not, it's not excluding anybody a part of their organization. And I see a huge advantage um, to that in, in combating poverty. Yeah, absolutely. It, people might, if it, was, if it was specifically a denominational thing, someone might look at that and go, well, that's great, but that's not for us. You know, we've got to look for other yeah. avenues where this is just like, hey, everybody, let's get together. Um, so, okay, you mentioned the shoe, um, the shoe that grows why don't you tell yeah. us a little bit about what that is and explain some of that? Yeah, well, it's it's a shoe that that grows five sizes. There's a kids version and there's an adult version, and the adult version goes up to size thirteen. And it, so the shoe grows five sizes and it lasts for five years. Um, Kenton, our founder, wears uh, one. He wears a pair of these every single day, like the same pair. Yeah. Um, with socks, no matter what the weather is outside. Sometimes he doesn't wear socks, but it's kind of it's kind of special. I was I was really trying to I was picking up on the tone of what you were saying. <laughs> yeah, because they're kind of right. they're kind of like they're because they're they're an open sandal kind of thing, or like if you were to look at them, they're not an enclosed shoe because they've got to grow, so you can't have it all sewn together. Mm-hmm. So right. so you're really getting that sandal sock imagery. 
Well, it's when I looked at right. them, I didn't I didn't want to be like defamatory, but I looked at them I was like, oh yeah, they look like a pair of dad sandals, you know? Right. And yeah. I mean, and, but I mean, but they're utilitarian, like we dads like, like a good pair of cargo <laughs> shorts, you know? Uh, so I like it. I wouldn't I, I wouldn't want to be sending over you know old navy flip flops. These are things that look like they can stand the test of time, like you said, five years and keep on trucking. Yeah. Well, that's I mean that that's how they're created. That's what they're created for, um, and. The nonprofit just birthed a for-profit called Grow 5. And so now there's a commercial version of the shoe that grows. Okay. And so families can buy this for their kids if they want to. People can buy it if they just look at it and they're like, hey, this is, I have a sandal like this, or I have, you know, an outdoor shoe like this, but maybe this is kind of a hybrid of those. Um, And then the proceeds from the for-profit go back into the nonprofit. And so there's some creative revenue stream happening there to fund the combating poverty. I honestly don't know how you're not going to sell like a billion of these like kid versions to parents who are sick and tired of change, buying new shoes for the for kids real, every <laughs> three months that, or whatever. The you whole, know, they, yeah. they sneeze and they grow two foot sizes and you're like, absolutely not. Like, no, no, thank you. Yeah. Cut the toe off of that. And then you're just going to be, you know, your piggies are going to be in the breeze. That's all we can do. Like, you know, but not with yeah. you guys, you could actually expand. Well, Lucas, the, the, the story of how the shoe that grows, like when Kenton came up with this idea, it was exactly what you just said. Oh, really? And it, it was in, he was, yeah, when he was in Kenya, he was walking with some kids to, to church and he looked down and one of the girls was wearing a pair of shoes where she had, it had been donated mm-hmm. and she had cut off the toes because her foot had got too big, but the soles were still fine. And so she had cut off the toes of the shoes and her, and her, she had these dangling toes. Mm-hmm. And so we just talk about what are the dangling toes of our communities where there is a need that we can help meet. And Kenton saw that need and he went, hey, maybe we can do something about that. Like, what would that look like? Which led to him coming back from that trip and he and his best friend, that's the CEO of the company, Andrew um, Cruz, they took foam, they took like foam board and push pins and stuff and started creating this. You can see it in our office. It's like Mm -hmm. the very first garage version of the shoe that grows. Mm -hmm. Six years later, they were able to bring something to market. It took Mm -hmm. that long. Um, and now we're into the, the new version that's mostly, it's all Velcro except for the hook on top that comes up over the top of the toe and then expands out the five sizes. And so the story of it comes from those, those dangling toes mm. and, and that real need that's, that's there. Well, it's powerful when someone just sees a need and says, instead of just complaining about it, like, oh, that sucks. Someone get her a new pair of shoes. It's like, no, how can we fix this? How can we make this so it's not going to happen again and again and again? Well, and yeah. Lucas, you and I talked about this a little bit on our last episode when we were discussing, you know, why is church important? And uh, one of the comments that we made was that sometimes people can identify the issues, but then go to their, you know, the leadership and go, now you fix this, uh-huh. right? Or, yeah, yeah. you know, like we've got, we there, you know, we have uh, people that don't have food in the community. So you go take care of it. And what I, what I really like about this and not everybody does that. So I don't want to sound disparaging, you know, to, to the church, but it happens. Sure. Um, but seeing someone that saw the need and, and I, we don't, I don't know the whole process and what happened in those six years, but come on, saw the need, started bringing people in around, you know, casting vision with passion and built the team, f- f- you know, filled the need and, and then just and then push it forward into something that's going to continue and is is meeting real needs. I think to me, I think that's really cool. 
Um, mm -hmm. and I, and I think that's how it should be. Exactly. So it's, it's fun to be a part of Kenny. We're, um, we're getting close to the 45 minute window here and, um, and, and that's fine. I do have another question I want to ask you unrelated to this because it informs another question that we're going to move into after. So, um, but I don't want to cut you off because this is, this is your time to reach tens of people with because international and and what you're we about get, we can get 50 percent of that i think I'm, I'm i'm excited okay fives of people <laughs> fives of people yeah i got i got two things i mean if, if we're gonna move on to something else i got two things i i the that, that, that i'm i'm are on my heart that i would just like to share please one the the thing that i found the most compelling about this because i started asking myself as i was interviewing like am i gonna work for a shoe company like what what am i doing sure um and, and, and that, that's, that's fine. But is that, is that like what I'm supposed to do? Is that what I feel like I'm supposed to do? And, and the thing that I just found so like motivating towards taking the next step was these people. Yeah. It sounds like you had a dark night of the soul. <laughs> oh, no. did I? That, that is your one. You're not allowed any more puns. That's we're done. Okay. I'm I'm sorry. Okay. Continue, Kenny. My bad. Next time you raise your hand, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pretend like I can't see it. Now, you've been doing that all episode. I <laughs> know <laughs> that's the first time. Come on. Uh, all right. No. <laughs> sorry, Kenny. Continue. <laughs> You're in the zone, though. <laughs> yeah. It Last year, uh, the shoe that grows through its production created 19 jobs in Ethiopia. The goal for, for 2019 is to create 50 jobs between Ethiopia, Kenya, and Haiti. So that's really exciting to me. The, the um, other thing that I wanted to share before we moved on to whatever other amazing topics we're going to cover before we wrap up Sounds tonight sarcastic. Uh, is, is we are, we're beta testing the shoebox youth ministry curriculum. I saw that. Uh, I, do, I do not currently have any Canadian youth workers beta testing with us. And I don't think we could really make it as good as it should be unless we had. Now you're pointing at yourself, Brad, and I'm hoping that's because you're volunteering to beta test. I am. Oh, that's great. So you can go on the Because International website and you can scroll down to the bottom and click on Shoebox and then it gives an overview of the four lessons and then you can click on Interested and that will hit my inbox. You'll hear from me tomorrow. Okay. Uh, would you believe me if I told you that I already did all of that that you said except for the I'm interested thing? You're going to cut this part out, right? No, sir. Because we don't need bad publicity like that, Brad. Yes, we do. <laughs> Continue, so you continue. already did all of those things except for the interested part. So I, you're not on our office radar yet that, that you're like wanting to commit to this. Well, I'm working on it as we speak. So you keep talking. You're doing it right now? Yes, sir. <laughs> wow, this is amazing. It's, it's so easy to do. You can multitask while you drive a podcast <laughs> thinking about tanks and German shepherds. That's why there's two hosts. for the beta test in their shoe box. That's why there's two hosts. Lucas can handle everything. That's right. I'll pick up the slack as usual. That's Lucas's <laughs> um, cue. So, yeah, okay. so uh, it's funny because, you know, uh, Kenny, you talked about 
you know, am I going to join a shoe company? And really, the second you said that, all I could think of is that verse, you know, like, you know, I was I was naked and you clothed me. And, you know, I was this and I, you knew that. And, you know, basically I was shoeless and you gave me shoes, right? Like to me, that's doing the work that Jesus would do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you have, so say out there you've got, you know, either, uh, you know, a high school student and youth group or, or a university student and they, you know, their group, whether it's a youth group or anything, is looking to do one of these as like a fundraiser or, or, or raise yeah. money for these kind of things. Uh, would they just go to your website? Is there a place to kind of check that out? Yeah, you, you go to the website and, and there's a few different ways to partner and just raising funds is one of the ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, what a lot of groups do, a lot of youth groups are going on short-term mission trips and they'll, they'll sign up to see how many pairs of shoes that they want to take with them and then buy those shoes to take with them to distribute mm-hmm. on their trip. And they just take it as part of their luggage when they do that. Awesome. That's a lot of the ways that, that the shoe that grows has been distributed. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So, yeah. There's the, there's a, you can just, I mean, you can, you can raise funds of course. Um, and that's going to go towards the shoe that grows or the bed net buddy. That's a malaria net that looks like it gets playpen. Um, but it's, it's an actual pop-up travel, uh, you know, easily travelable. It looks like Captain America's shields, except it's green. And it goes on your back like a backpack. And then it opens um, up to be a tent. It, it opens up to be a tent, which I could do right now. You could hear the sound, but you could see how amazing it is. And I fit inside. Well, it's amazing. On, I can't believe how quickly it came up. I know. There, bam, there, and zip, 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 and I'm inside. On Friday, we're doing BBS videos uh, that are going to go out. And one of the, the goofy videos is going to be, Kayla from our office is reading the script and I'm going to be demonstrating how easy it is to pop it up and then put it back into the case, which as it turns out, it's not going to be super easy for me and I will have to be inside of it zipped closed. And if I'm not mistaken, Kenny, the, the, the material on that um, also has an, uh, an insecticide. So not only does it protect from, but it also will kill the mosquitoes that carry malaria and any other mosquito. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, and, and, and yeah, any nothing's getting through that that little net there. I mean, and I mean, you know what? The thing that surprised me because when I think of an insecticide, I think of like off or DEET or I mean, I don't know what brand you guys are using, but I just think insecticides and just like I can taste it in my mouth because it's yep. just gross. <laughs> and this thing, it doesn't it doesn't smell like insecticide. And and I've been I've been inside of it and and been around it. I was just like, this is this is kind of this is just like a kid's like I would have bought this for my kids when they were four to play in and then zipped it shut. And left them in there because I thought it was funny. I'm not even trying to be funny right now, but you have shoes that we would really love for our kids and tents that would be phenomenal for camping because it kills the mosquitoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you guys- apparently these are like lickable tents. You can, you know, they don't have a taste, flavorless. Like I have not those. licked them, Lucas. Oh. Um, mm-hmm. But I'll be right back. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, if you need me to, to demonstrate the product, it's, they're not meant. They're not meant for consumption. So. Oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> Similar to most tents that I've heard of, actually. <laughs> yeah, not by humans anyway. Yeah, so, okay. Um, if you want to check out Because International, you can go to becauseinternational.org and you can click all the links and check out everything Kenny's been talking about. I'd recommend that you do that. And if you are Canadian and a youth leader that's listening, make sure you go over to the shoebox tab and try and sign up. And maybe we can we can help out a little bit by helping beta test um, their curriculum in Canada and see how it translates here. I uh, hope that's okay, Kenny. Help us I, make it good. Yeah, yeah. Help hope us I, make it good. All right. Um, so, Kenny, is there anything else? 
There's so many things, but we can save it for a future podcast. That sounds great. Um, I, I have to ask you, um, I, I follow you on Instagram. Oh, no. And, and I see often you're doing these things uh, called Spartan challenges. Is that right? No, it's not. It's, they're called Spartan races, and there's a huge difference. Oh, they are oh. challenging, though. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah. Well. Well, can I mean, you come on? Can you tell me? You asked me if it was right, and I answered you, and then you like fair enough. Rated me. Fair. You know what? But that's our yeah. friendship. That's our friendship, right? It's okay. At, at one point during our trip in Phoenix, you were gone. Not that you and I hung out the whole time, as though I was like, "Where'd he go?" But you were gone, and I found out later through you that you had gone and like hiked a mountain. Yeah, not the real, not Camel's Back, but I went to South Mountain, and I just went with a friend, and we just hiked it as quick as we could, and. I used that as an excuse to be my Spartan training for the day. Oh, so talk to me. What is Spartan training? Well, I mean, Spartan is uh, obstacle ra um, racing. Okay. And they, they're in multiple different countries and across Canada. Um, and it's got three different lengths of races. Uh, there's a three to five mile. Um, not sure what that translates into kilometers off the top of my head. Eight to ten mile. And a 10 to 13 mile, that's like a half marathon at its longest length. But Spartans aren't great at counting. So when you get to the start line, you don't know if it's going to be three to five miles. You know, oh if it's three word. miles or five miles. And so they go, hey, welcome today, blah, blah, blah. Here's all the things we're going to say. And today's course is, well, Spartans aren't that great at counting. So have a good time out there. And you're like, okay, it was 4.2 the first one I did. So, <laughs> wow. So you don't know what you're in for when you line up. You know, if, you've, if you're watching YouTube and you care to know some technique on these obstacles, like the rope climb and the spear throw and some of these things, you can, you can see what you're getting yourself into, but you don't know what order they're going to be in. You don't know if, it's, if you're going through mud before you get there. Um, you don't know if it's going to be up or, or down. It's just, it's all different levels of crazy and fun, I think. What do you say, old boy, Lucas? Should we yeah. find find a mud pit and wallow and then go <laughs> climb a tree? Sounds, I mean, that sounds fun. Fun? Fun. Mark. Fun? All right. Just another day in the life. And, and why are you doing it, Kenny? Uh, I'm doing it because I, I need, I don't like running. Amen. And like just straight. And, and so. I respect that. Running between obstacles, I feel like there's more of a goal and I need a goal and I need a challenge to try to stay like some form of physically healthy at 42 years old, having a challenge out there that I need to train for, or I might die while I do it. Um, that is strangely motivating for me. So I actually I signed up for it last year, didn't know anybody else doing it. And then after I did it, I found out there were like eight people from my church, including my pastor, that were running in the same race. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, that's good. So you got people there that you're doing it with as well. And now this year at the Sprint here in Boise, we're doing a, a volunteer team as a church. And when you volunteer, you get your race for free. Wow. Which is- Hold a, on. Is, that's a, Yeah, that's that, pretty cool. Hold on. You're paying to do all this? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Oh, wow. Well, he's not, but some people do. Some, oh, yeah. yeah, some people do. Some people do. Okay. Well, <laughs> I ask you all of that because I see you out there through Instagram. You're like a machine going under the barbed wire through the mud and all that back, you know, your days in Nam. And uh, 
right. So here's the Yahoo question. Okay. How can I lose weight without moving? The context is this. I don't like to move and am allergic to the sun. We, this person's crying for help, I think. How can I lose weight without moving? Without moving. What would a Spartan do now? Well, I mean, if you don't move long enough, you'll die and you will lose weight. You know what? Asked and answered. Lucas? That's, that's an option. Uh, well, I mean, you know, obviously the obvious choice would be just, you know, chop off a limb. I mean, that's a lot of weight right there. Um, Whoa, saw. If you, uh, if, you know, if you're attached to your limbs... Um, you can always, you know, technically eating is movement. So if your thing is not moving, then no movement, no food, you know, that'll thin you right out. That'll thin you right out. Uh, that's, you took, that was mine. If you're not going to move you're not going to eat, you're going to lose weight. It, it's a great way to lose a few pounds before a show. <laughs> wow. A little Zoolander quote there for you. That I have was... a, I have another one. I have okay. another one. <laughs> yeah. Tapeworm. Oh, oh shoot. Yes. Okay. Just get that. Yep. Put <laughs> then right you're in never you. alone. Then you're never right. alone. A buddy. Losing weight with a buddy. Yep. I mean, that's the best thing. <laughs> there you go. That's a that's a million dollar idea right there. Wow. I I Yahoo answered. Don't rec- don't person. recommend it. Oh. Never tried it. Uh yeah. Again, we are not a medical podcast. Nope. Um or no. offer any legal advice that has any bearing, or frankly, any advice that you should probably Pay attention yeah. to every now and then mm-hmm. we get a we get a gem, but for the most part, tapeworm's not one of them. It is not. No, definitely, no, definitely one of our best gentlemen. Also, if if you own a couple cats and a dog, just don't don't put them near each other. That's not on. Or us. leave them with any of us. <laughs> no, because <laughs> we have a we have a question that needs answered. <laughs> we will videotape it though. <laughs> um, gentlemen, let's start wrapping this thing up. I'm looking to make a. We haven't done a music recommendation in quite a long time. I've got mine. Uh, I'm wondering, what are you guys listening to that we can promote to the people out there? Uh, Kenny, I listened back to our episode today, and I really bashed Hillsong. (laughs) (laughs) No surprise. Real bad. In October? Yeah, back in October. Okay, yeah. So again, I'm just asking that you uh, respect my, you know, feelings on Hillsong. Anyway. Well, it's not a problem for me. (laughs) Okay, Kenny. Give us something. <laughs> yes. Okay. This is coming from my 16-year-old son's playlist. Okay. Um, I, if, if, you, if you watch a Spartan race on YouTube, like the, the professional ones by the company, they play this like epic, like hero legend kind of music. And you're watching it and you're just like getting into it, right? Sure. So I, I found I out that it. my son's been listening to these bands like, Arctic Engine and Epic North. And like, I started listening to him. I'm like, this sounds like Spartan training race music. And so I've kind of gotten into that. I've got that on some of my playlists. Um, and you get it off some of these weird, really kind of, they have all like Viking names. Like the song is like Freya's Revenge and things like that. But I love it. Oh, yeah. all right. I, I, I didn't, I'm not sure if I ferreted it out your recommendation though. Nordic music. Uh, the oh, race to. It's like epic <laughs> hero Nordic Viking music that, that's inspirational. 
so it's so hot right a, now. And here, here's a couple of I'll just I'll just to be precise. I don't know what to call this genre, but a couple of the artists that I'm listening to are Arctic Engine, Epic North. There's there's another one that's called Two Steps from Hell, and they're pretty good too. Huh. Just gonna move on. Um, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Thanks. And on a high note. <laughs> I'm going to take things in a totally different way, and I'm going to recommend. I've been listening to a group called City Alight. Um, they are. I'm not sure if you've heard of these guys. I hadn't heard of them until maybe a month ago. They are um, an Anglican young adult spirit-filled worship um, band or worship team. And uh, I, I'm again not you know uh, not a Viking in the group, but um, <laughs> but, but I, at least I don't think. Anyway. I've I've, I've gone. I should have got asked Lucas because hopefully he could have been a buffer because you and I are contrasting so so hard right now. <laughs> yeah, but your band, this band you're listening, they're listening to Arctic Engine. I can tell you that right now. No, fair enough, fair enough. These guys, though, I I really think are writing like our modern day hymns. The the lyrics are rich and um, and I've just I've really been. It's not like the most hype music. It it kind of keeps a pretty steady uh, an even keel. It's more thoughtful, sure, uh, but I've I've been enjoying them, and so that's my recommendation. Find them on Spotify. Lucas, how Viking are they? On a scale of zero to one, zero being no Vikings and one <laughs> being full Viking, I believe zero. I believe zero. Uh, well, for me, <clears throat> I uh, I had our March break there a while ago. I think Brad, you're on your your kids are on their March break now, right? They are. Yeah, ours was two weeks ago, and. Uh, it started, I, I forget why, but I, I kicked on some old school skillet. And I mean, skillet's <laughs> oh, around yeah. now, but like there's some old stuff. Now, I didn't I didn't crack into the first album because I never owned it as a kid. I know it, I know it exists, but uh, the first one I ever owned was Hey You, I Love Your Soul. Listen to that. And man, and then Invincible and Alien Youth. And man, oh, yes. do they ever hold up? They're so good. Yeah. And my kids were like asking for them by name. And just loving it. And also, I was listening to uh, uh, what's it called the the DC Talk album, not New Thing, but the one after that, like the one like free at last. early free at last, yeah. And my kids love that they keep requesting it on the in the car all the time. So wow, I've been it's been the the early '90s, and on, on our local Christian radio station, they have do Throwback Thursday. So I'm I'm just jamming them up with requests on Thursdays. So they are loving me. Uh, but yeah, so I highly recommend that. Uh, the album co covers look pretty dorky, but man, is the music ever good. Old School Skillet, Hey You Love Your Soul, Invincible, Alien Youth, the three albums to, to give a try. When I play Hey You I Love Your Soul, all I can think of is Twisted Metal 2 because I played a lot of Twisted Metal 2. Oh my gosh, to that Twisted CD. Metal, yes. <laughs> Not a so, music recommendation, but let's go with it. Yeah, so if you ever have a vintage game recommendation, it'll be Twisted it's Metal. It's a PlayStation, oh my PlayStation 1. Yeah. PlayStation One. Yes, sir. Well, gentlemen, thank you for taking the time to spend it with uh, the listeners. And listeners, thank you so much for spending the last hour and and change with us three goofballs. It was an awful lot of fun. Kenny, thank you so much for being on the show again. Appreciate. I can't wait till time. next time. Oh man, we're uh, we're definitely going to get you back. And uh, and listeners, listeners, 
If, uh, if you'd like to send in some questions that we could uh, spend some time on, or if you've got a recommendation even for a guest that would, uh, that would pair well with the Oxford Holy Club, then yeah. Lucas is going to tell you how you can reach out to us. You can reach out to us in innumerable ways, starting with Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Oxford Holy Club, or you can just email Oxford Holy Club at gmail.com. If you like social media, go ahead and throw up the hashtag OH Club uh, and tell us what you thought of the episode. And of course, if you leave us a five star rating on iTunes, we will read it on the air. And if you can, listener, become a supporter of the podcast with a small monthly donation. Uh, again, we're not doing this for the money, but. Every little bit helps, and it helps to sustain future episodes. So you can go as low as a dollar a month, five dollars, ten dollars. Uh, but again, if you can't, don't worry. Maybe just use the hashtag spread um, spread the O Club around, and that sounds weird. But but please <laughs> <laughs> tell people about us, okay? <laughs> that would really help. <laughs> but more importantly, until next time, keep spiritually fit and have fun. Nailed it. Got in one. <laughs>